Winnaker Weekly is a three-episode-in anime discussion podcast where two brothers discuss a show of their choice. The show can be anything from a current season flop to a decades-old classic. What are they going to talk about next? Who knows? They sure don't. Let's get right into it. Uh, the news. You found a little bit of the news for us to talk about. Uh, yes. Um, Crunchyroll announced their uh, winter 2019 anime simulcast lineup. And um, in that list, uh, it mentioned that uh, Konosuba is finally getting an English dub. Yay. Well, some of our listeners may prefer English dubs over anime. I over... get that. I get that. I get that. I know that. I'm just of the opinion that Crunchyroll they're for streaming Japanese and they should just go ahead if they want to have an English they should have just sold the English rights to another company and then use that money to go ahead and work on season 3 of Konosuba but you know it's their money they spend it how they want anyway right. <laughs> as I've taken the thunder out of that little bit of an announcement yeah you have all right. Uh, other bit of news we have <laughs> is that uh, for the week of December 31st through January 6th, Japan's animation Blu-ray disc ranking has been announced, and Zombieland Saga uh, DVD or Blu-ray uh, disc sales reached number two in the country. Nice. Uh, just below Incredibles 2 at number one and Coco at number three. So a lot of these were Disney or Pixar. Um, nice. uh, Blu-rays. And so Zombieland Saga mm -hmm. jumped into the middle of um, all of these Disney and uh, Pixar international hits. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty pretty incredible, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Um, sorry, this news is a little bit old because we didn't update it from the last time we were going to be recording, but we had some sickness. sickness. So those of you who are listening are probably like, yeah, that's old news. Uh, but anyways, uh, now that we've covered that little bit, let's go ahead and jump right into three episodes in. All right. And it was your pick this week. And this week, uh, I stumbled across this uh, show that you happen to have already seen called uh, Shirobako. Mm -hmm. uh, the Crunchyroll synopsis reads, In a school in northeastern Japan, five friends in the animation club, Aoi, Emma, Shizua, Shizuka, Misa, and Midori, swear to complete a new anime called Shinbutsu. Ko Shinbutsu Konoku Konko Konko Shichi Fukujin. And uh, they swear upon some donuts. Since then, day after day, the five spend all of their time on anime production. The awe of going from rough sketches to animation and the awkward acting in the after recording session, the final product was finished at the cultural fair six months later. After they graduated, they still pursued animation and swore on some donuts that they would make another anime together. In fact, all of that happens within the first five minutes of the first episode. Yeah, that's before the opening credits of the first episode. So, mm -hmm. yes, all of that actually happens. Mm -hmm. um, so they're a bunch of high school friends and they're just, it just it's a montage of them. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a, I want to say a long scene montage where mm -hmm. it's, instead of it just being like clip, 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 it's... Uh, 
here they're working on the storyboard for and they've got a couple of lines here they're working on the animation uh, mm-hmm. and a couple of lines here they're working on the coloring uh with a couple of lines you know right. a couple of lines of dialogue and then they're doing the voiceovers and things like that right. so yeah um it reminded me actually as you're discussing that um one of the classes i took at uh, film school talked about uh the use of cutting to indicate the passage of time and one of the most useful um tools for that is is the jump cut and the the uh the the clip they uh, brought up was um i can't remember the movie but um what's his name um billy crystal plays an author who has writer's block okay and can't figure out how to start some something that he's writing on and so what happens is the camera's in one place but it cuts to him in various places in the room doing different things like crumpling up a piece of paper and throwing it and then suddenly he's across the room banging his head against the wall and then suddenly he's doing something else and so it, it indicated using those jump cuts about the extended passage of time and something that they did during this opening montage was indicate how much time had been passing and that mm-hmm. people were like lounging about and uh, in the heat of summer and mm-hmm. wa- waiting for their turn to do something and oh, getting overheated like all right that's as much animation as i can do somebody take over mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how this opening sequence turned out before the opening credits yeah yeah and then with the opening credits after they swear upon their donuts it cuts to well and they're all talking about how they want to go how they want to go to tokyo uh, mm-hmm. after after high school or after college or whatever um and one of the girls wants to be a voice actress one of them wants to be an animator one of them wants to they all want to work in the animation industry somehow mm-hmm. in some way and uh and all except for uh, and the main the main character or the pov character um what's her name she uh she's a Aoi. Miyamori. Yeah. blonde with blue eyes mm. um aoi amiyamori uh she uh, but anyway she's the pov character um and it cuts to her inside of a car and she's looking very very tired and um uh, at this point we don't know that she's in the anime industry and then somebody with a studio logo on their car pulls up next to her mm-hmm. yep and uh, we we know that she promised she'd be in the anime industry, but mm-hmm. at this particular shot, we don't know that she's in it yet. Mm-hmm. And then she sees somebody sitting next to her, and he he sees her, and she sees him, and he starts revving his engine, and she just sighs. And uh, then what does she do? Well, she uh, but before before that, uh, we uh, she's listening to the radio, and on the radio comes on a bunch of voice actresses. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a new show called Exodus, and she gets super excited about it. It turns yeah. out that's the show her studio is working on. But she, uh, anyways, she's just like she sighs, and then the two of them have a street race. They do. They have a street race, um, just like swerving, uh, you know. Uh, it's like initial uh, drifting, D. drifting through the streets, all while she's singing along to the theme song of this show that she's been working on, because the voice actresses are singing it for them on this radio live show. Live on the radio show. Right, yeah. Live on the radio show. Um, but uh yeah and it's just a street a street racer to see who can get to a uh, freelance uh artist first and uh the other guy looks is about to win but he doesn't notice a road construction sign <laughs> and so he starts, he starts off-roading he starts off-roading in a car that is not intended for off-roading and she takes her time and drives carefully on it and she's because of that she's able to uh to make the excuse turn. me she's able to make the turn and then pull into the artist's um 
driveway. Yeah. And then the other guy, the guy pulls up and says, curse you, Miyamori Aoi. It's always you. How do you always beat me? And she's just like, ha ha. And she goes up and she's here to pick up artwork from from uh, what are called key frames. Yes. Um, and one of the things that's great about this show is that they really kind of show you all the work in, uh, that goes into animation. Yes. And key frames, they are the most important frames in a scene. Right. And then they have other animators draw the things that go on in between those. Those are actually called, literally called in-betweeners. Yeah, they're in-betweeners. So you have people who are not as, who are still fairly new to the industry. They're good mm -hmm. artists, but they're not as skilled as a key frame, as a key uh, framer. Um, but the, so, and the in-betweeners, it's then their job to go ahead and draw the things that, the, the frames that happen in between the key frames. Right. Now, generally what would happen though, is mm -hmm. the key frames would go to a rough cut animator who would synchronize in time and say, okay, we need, and say, okay, this frame starts at this this point, and this frame. That's starts what at they're this doing point. later on, though. That's what they're doing later on. Like and the directors the are doing that. The directors mm -hmm. are doing that, and the in betweeners are go would be given instructions saying, okay, there are five frames between this keyframe and this keyframe, and there are seven frames between this keyframe and this keyframe, mm -hmm. and so. That is one of the things that they do with yep. the keyframes in the process of mm -hmm. animating. So when she first gets the keyframes, she then takes them to a director, and then you see the directors and stuff. They one of them works inside of his head, but the other one works. Uh, will, will say the line out loud, and he times them. They time themselves on top stopwatches, and they know how many frames per second they're going to need. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what they say. Okay, this needs this many frames. This needs this many frames, yeah. and then they send them to the in betweeners. Yep. Um, but anyway, um, they also go to a mm -hmm. uh, and. The, the keyframes also go to an animation supervisor who maybe does a little bit of touch-up, but that's covered in another episode. That's covered in... Yeah. Keyframes so, will so, go to a supervisor first to do, do touch-up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, that's that's covered in episode three. Yes. Um, but in episode one, she gets back uh, from d picking up the keyframes mm -hmm. and nobody's in the office. And then she goes... Uh, she's wondering where they all are and then she goes upstairs and they're all... in an, Everybody who's still there that night is in an office room together and they are going to be they, watching... They're in the, a, a meeting room, a big banquet table or to, something. To celebrate the launch of... Of their new show Exodus. Yes. Um, and we meet. I didn't bother writing anybody's names down just because there's so many characters in this show. One of the problems um, this show seems to have is that there are a lot of characters and their character designs aren't terribly unique. Um, I mean, they're, they're they're unique enough that you can tell people apart, mm -hmm. but they don't have the kind of standout. To me, that's not a problem. Oh, sure. To me, that's not a problem. Um, I, 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 I this is my. I mean, they. This okay. is my third time watching the first three episodes. Sure. And even on my first time, I'm like, even though I didn't catch everybody's names, I was still able to tell who was who and who was working on what. Sure. So, um, but uh, and, and but, they did take the time. Like they have these mm -hmm. moments of freeze frames where they'll have their name and their job. Yeah. Listed, mm -hmm. and that's kind of something like they did in uh, My Hero Academia, where. Every time a character pops up on screen, they also put in their name they and do their that. power. They also they do that quite a bit in this show, just yeah. because they know there's so many characters, so they go ahead and give you their name and and job title. Right. A lot of the times when they when they reintroduce a character after a while. Mm -hmm. Um. But uh. Um. As this is happening, they're talking. As the episode hits and they start getting good reviews, and apparently they were the second trending show that night, so they got they're very excited about it. Mm. Um. They uh. Uh, they, um, you know, they start celebrating. Uh, I can't. I didn't write his name down, but the the president of the company. He doesn't do any animation. He's just the guy who makes sure everything is running. Yeah. Um, he is always making food. He is. He's always making food because he knows that food helps things work smoothly. 
It's so true. And like he, they're in one scene. They're having a big fight, and he he brings in a plate of takoyaki. Mm-hmm. In this scene, he's cooking up curry. Yeah. Another scene, he's cooking up something else for someone else, and and then the office manager comes up, and she just says, "Uh, the people in the office next door are complaining about the smell." Type thing. It's just, uh, like uh, the the upstairs people are downstairs. Yeah, people. whoever they are, they're they're complaining about the smell. Like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yep. Um, and then like then another scene, he hands somebody a quiche that uh-huh. he made for them. Um, so he's always making people food because he knows that you know food smooths things over. Smooth makes food makes people happy. Um, it, it, it's it's a known quantity even in court of in the real world in court of law. If you're going to be facing a judge. You're more likely to get a lenient sentence if you face him right after lunch instead of right before. Mm-hmm. Because people get angry the hungrier they are. Mm-hmm. And when you're in a high... And and they demonstrate during these three episodes, and I'm confident through the rest of the series, how stressful the animation industry is. Oh, uh, yeah. With the deadlines and, that they have to meet week after week. We're going to go ahead and see, and see in the coming episodes just how... So well-fed, stressed people perform better than not well-fed, stressed people. Just how much um, Miyamori falls apart mm-hmm. because she's not taking care of herself when some really stressful things happen. Yes. Um, but anyway, um, now that we've gone into that, like oh, that's one of the things I actually like about it is that the, it's a colorful, ca- a colorful cast it of different a, characters. It is. So for me, I, I'm I'm able to like, and because this is the third time I've watched the first three episodes, mm-hmm. um, I haven't watched the entire show. It's two seasons. Um, okay. Uh, more than once but um another thing that this show does and i'll just go ahead and say it uh it doesn't do it in the first three episodes but it in the nature of the animation industry and in any industry people move on and new people come in Mm -hmm. so people who are part of the cast will leave to pursue other things as other people come in and take their and other people will come in and take their place or someone will get promoted and take that person's place and then other people will come in and become new assistants and things like that. Right. And that's what uh, Miyamori is. Uh, she is uh, a production assistant. Uh, she's one of the people, she's been assigned she's episode a, four and episode nine. She's a PA. She's a PA. And it's her job to keep track of everything on those episodes and make sure everything goes smoothly. Um, and she's doing fairly well mm-hmm. for, for herself for, for episode four. Episode four is apparently a very big, important episode. Unfortunately, the person who's been there longer than her is not so up on things and he's in charge of episode three i wanted to say i think he's in charge of episode three yeah yeah and we learned that isn't he the one that was racing her no no that was no else. no that's a that's a the guy who was uh we i don't think we ever see him outside of the car no we, we see we him do. it wasn't i swear we do i swear he's involved in like one of the episodes she starts uh bribing him to help him get stuff to get stuff in episode three. No, 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 that, no, no, that's no. Him? That's a different guy. He's huh? th- that that the guy. guy so I can't keep him straight then. Yeah, um, yeah, no. Um, the guy in the car had longer hair and a bigger nose. Okay. So, and he works for a completely different studio. Whereas ah. this guy, like the name on his studio, is not the name on her studio. Okay. He's with IG Production, uh-huh. which is a play, or not like it was like IP Production, which is a play off uh-huh. of IG uh-huh. Production. Um, and I can't remember what the name of her studio is, but he's. Mm-hmm. McDonald's. The guy you're thinking of is one of the animation directors. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, and he's got issues with one of the uh, one of the artists. Yes, he does. Um, there's a relationship going on. There, there, there is some juicy backstory between those characters that they never actually get into. They leave it up to your imagination. Uh huh. Um, but anyway, um, anyway, so episode two or episode one, um, 
I, I didn't write his name down, but Mohawk guy, because that's what yeah. he has. He has a Mohawk. Um, while they are reviewing the episode, um, they suddenly realize that a major scene is still in storyboard. It never yeah. even got the keyframes. And they're just like, oh, we're sure that you just for, that you just misplaced the keyframes, right? 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 Where are the keyframes? And he just gets up and, and apologizes. And um, this guy, I can't remember if he grows or not, but... He, for the and first he, several episodes, everything that everything like it is his fault. Yeah, he, he, he's a problem show, magnet. It is his fault. So they point out very, very much that animation is a team job. That everybody needs to work together in order to make sure things work. Uh -huh. And if one person doesn't pull their weight, we see what happens. It's true, especially when that one person is a production assistant. Um, and that person is this guy. He didn't pull his weight. Um, he. Uh, he lost track of things, and uh, the the artist who was assigned to do the um, to do the uh, the, the key keyframes. the keyframes uh, oh. ended up not being able to do the job, um, and now they're they're at a loss. They don't know what to do, and so they um, after talking things out and figuring out what to do, they decided to go ahead and try to approach the key animator who we saw at the beginning of the episode. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what her name is, but she's fairly, she's a busty woman. Mm -hmm. And, um, the men are talking about how amazing she is because of her, because of her breasts. But <laughs> Mia Morty's just like, you have no idea how hard it is talking about how she the, is the, the shoulder and back pain, shoulder and back pain. And she's leaning over the entire time as an artist, making it that much worse. It is. It's so, so, true. so yeah, it's but, it's not helping and so they go to her and she's the only one who everyone else said no literally everyone else said no they, they, they can't do it in-house the people who are doing the in-house are either not experienced enough or they're too busy with other things they can't mm -hmm. do it um and so they go to her uh even though she's in charge of episode she's working on this stuff for episode nine um and uh or like episode four yeah and she's not done with the stuff for episode four yet um, and so finally, uh, she agrees to do this stuff for episode three, mm -hmm. and she's going to have it done. She's going to work through the night to get it done. Um, and uh, we uh, we come back the next day, and the guy with the mohawk is just trying to play it off like it's nothing, and everybody's shouting at him because he's an idiot. And you see that through the entire first three episodes, uh, people are not treating him kindly. <laughs> people are treating him ridiculously honestly uh-huh like no this is your fault deal with it mm -hmm. either grow or leave you're causing yep. problems pretty much yeah um, um but and actually uh mm -hmm. something i wrote down on my uh great things about this episode it was the first thing i have listed here is actually that because the rush cut um was still in the storyboards Mm -hmm. It reminded me of the story I heard about how uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion was running out of time and budget when they got the last few episodes, and that's why the animation started yeah, looking like yeah. that in the, mm -hmm. at the end. And so, if you want to see what it looks like when shows, when things like that happen to shows, you mm -hmm. can go and watch the last two or three episodes of Neon Genesis Evangelion mm -hmm. in the original run mm -hmm. and see what happens. Well, and I'm when... starting to suspect, I wonder if that's why so many shows have a recap episode. Is that just things that's, go wrong? That's actually the title of episode three. Yeah, no more recap episodes. <laughs> Is that but, if so, and, many, so much and, goes wrong, they're like, we need just need an extra week to make up for everything. Let's just throw everything into a new episode. Everything we have so far into a new episode. Let's just throw everything into a recap episode. Just like, no. Yeah, no. So I, I just can't help but wonder that at this point, if a recap episode is, uh, we need more time. 
type thing. Sure. You know? I mean, for long shows, I would I'm more understanding of recap episodes. Uh-huh. Um, for comedies, I'm I'm pretty sure I saw an episode where episode two was a recap of episode one. It was only like the first five minutes. I think that may be Gintama. No, no there, there, that wasn't Gintama. There, there was a recap episode of Kill a Kill. But because Kill a Kill is so awesome, the recap episode was just a fast forward of everything they had done so far in less than two minutes. And then they're going Wasn't up. that episode two? Was that episode two? I forget. I, I think it was episode no. six or seven. But I, it was... Yeah, it was no. like, here at Kill a Kill, everything is so awesome. Even our recap episode is only two minutes. <laughs> but no, there was a comedy where episode two was a recap of episode one. Or they started it off that way, and then they just, they just you know, someone came along and threw the joke into the garbage. Oh, um, wow. But yeah, I'm trying to remember the name of the show. If you guys, listeners, if you know the name of that show, please let us know. Make a com- comment about it or whatever. But I'm positive there's a comedy out there that episode two is a recap episode. <laughs> I cannot remember what it is, though. Anyway. Or I could just be, you know, I could just be making it up on my own. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um... So yeah, episode uh uh so they start working late nights trying to get this job done yeah. and we start seeing something that uh, Miyamori does uh when she can't handle the stress and what does she do? She starts imagining that two of her plushies are talking to each other. And her two plushies are this gothic Lolita um chick and a teddy bear. She's like a pirate of sorts. She's got an eye patch. Yeah, 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 she's she's got uh, long curly locks of blonde hair she's a she's goldilocks with an eye patch and a gothic maid outfit or something i, th- I think she, i think it's i'm pretty sure it's brown hair but yeah it's whatever it doesn't matter but uh, she's she's purple and black she's very very gothic uh mm-hmm. outfit and then there's the white is, stuffed d- d- bear is there a skull and crossbones on yes, her eye there's patch? a skull and crossbow on her eye patch yes mm-hmm. And then there's a white stuffed bear. And then mm-hmm. in her oh, imagination, they start, right. so, they start talking through the problems. The doll and is so, brown-haired. The actual gothic Lolita is blonde. Yes, there is an yeah, actual gothic go. Lolita uh, who is the, uh, as, as I mentioned before, she was the animation, animation supervisor, supervisor who mm-hmm. just did minor corrections yep. on keyframe. Yep, and, we'll, and we will uh, we'll get to her later because I, I, I adore her character. But anyway, um, so yeah, and episode one... Um, she goes and she, uh, the next day, um, she goes and she picks up the frames mm-hmm. and we see that the animator worked all through the night. Uh, she's looking exhausted, overspent. She's got like patches on her head, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of keep herself awake and stuff. She's in a blanket and, um, she goes and she delivers the key frames. Um, and then later on that day, after they send the, the key frames to go get everything else done for mm-hmm. them, uh, she goes and she drives and she picks up some donuts, her favorite snack. And she goes back to the animator to give her a present for thanking her for being so good and job well done type thing, you know. And she knocks on the door, says, this is me from so-and-so company. Um, And uh, there's uh, a loud thump in the apartment. And she opens up the door and the animator has collapsed on the floor and that's the end of the the first episode. That's right. Mm -hmm. That was the end of the first episode. And that's when they play the... um... The actual OP. So in, in episode one, the opening credits sequence happens during the race that we mentioned. Uh-huh. And so the song is the song they're playing on the radio. Um, and they're showing the credits and things like that. But mm-hmm. but in a traditional anime, um, in anime tradition, the uh, ending credits and episode one become the opening credits from there on out. Mm-hmm. And the ending credits starts with something amazing. If you, and I think you wrote that down about... Uh, 
Um, I, I started writing it down, but I deleted it. Okay. Um, just because... Uh, but uh, they draw the girls, the five main girls. Uh, and then the five main girls pop into life after yeah. that. And I just thought that was kind of cool. Uh, and they go through... that. Uh, the uh, the ending, What the credits end up doing is that it is a glimpse into different things that... Uh, that go on in um in a studio and one of the things that they show is one of the one of the main five girls in a motion capture suit doing baseball motion mm -hmm. uh, swinging a bat and i was just remembering a behind the scenes thing i saw for uh, star wars when they were mm -hmm. the difference between episode two and episode three i think that's misa but yeah yeah mm -hmm. okay um yeah i that's one of the problems i was having with the show is that of the five main girls i only really connected with the first one in the first three episodes they really haven't the other, the one, other... one other one other that they have that is she's a uh, an in-betweener she's I think. an in-betweener and then you meet the redhead who's she's trying to break into voice acting but she's right. currently working as a and, and she so she's in a couple scenes mm -hmm. but they, we haven't really gotten to who the five were the, the other girls again. start coming in more and more throughout the entire series but right now but they're just the, trying to but establish they're not really established in the first three not in the first three episodes no no okay uh, they do a pretty good job bringing the girls in and stuff like that throughout the rest yeah. of the series but but like i was saying in in uh when they did the motion capture for the clone troopers and star wars uh something that was a big difference is that they had the animators doing the motion capture for the clone troopers in episode two mm -hmm. but then they actually brought military people to do the motion capture for episode three and so their motions of of mm -hmm. uh, what they were doing including one of them jumping on a droid and firing straight down into him mm -hmm. that that was motion capture captured from military trained individuals nice and so they had so the the motion was right and so what i'm think so what i'm seeing in the anime i'm seeing the animator girl doing motion capture for a baseball uh, mm -hmm. swing it's like uh -huh. but then i see some of these anime that actually do like when we well, i just absolutely adore some of the anime that we've watched including uh kids on the slope where they had motion capture instrument playing yeah. you, it was mm -hmm. so authentic it yeah. was beautiful including the uh ending credits to um um Tanari no Seki-kun. Well, that's also what they did for Cowboy Bebop. Like, Spike's martial artist is somebody doing martial arts, and they just drew, and they just traced him. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why beautiful. those scenes are so fluid, is because they actually draw people doing it. Yeah, it's just so beautiful. <laughs> so, 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 when, so, that's just something that's absolutely amazing that mm -hmm. anime does frequently, is that they yeah. bring in, mm -hmm. they bring in professionals who can do the motion and bring in so much mm -hmm. character and mm -hmm. class. And that was just something that both, uh, so I, th I want to say that um, not so much in sound euphonium because there's not a whole lot that you see when you're doing that kind of instrumentality, but playing the drums, there's a lot more physicality between um, playing the drums versus mm -hmm. uh, playing a saxophone or, vi or uh, something, but uh, the violin and piano work in uh, mm -hmm. Your Lie in April was fabulous mm -hmm. and things like that and i'm not saying that they didn't bring that people in for sound euphonium mm -hmm. but because it was band work there was a lot less physical motion mm -hmm. involved in that kind of uh... so real fast i'm sorry i we're getting a little bit off subject here but um well we're talking about the construction of anime which is what this anime is yeah. about and one of the things that i absolutely like um we talked about we watched this show earlier and i've watched all of it at this point mm -hmm. asobi asobase <laughs> okay, that show is just adorably horrible. It's wonderful. Um, and I was watching Mother's Basement, and he was rating his top OPs openings for the year. Okay, and also be also Abase was one of them. I think it was the number ten. I can't remember. Oh, nice. Um, and we talked about that during our podcast the, about it. One of the reasons he brings it up is he um, 
uh, not only is it a huge risk to make you think that this is the show. I mean, with with Pop Team Epic, you knew like going into it, people who knew Pop Team Epic knew that it was just a big gag. That opening was a gag. Yes. Okay? But, that, but and it lasted but, for a ba- lasted for a minute, and it's well, like that wasn't even the opening credits. Like, no. They had their opening credits, their crazy over the top opening credits. And then they had that little gag, okay? <laughs> Whereas Asobi Asobase, this is their opening credits. Yeah. And one of the beautiful girls thi- on a slope. Beautiful girls doing cute things, and the but the thing is, he talks about how the how the opening credits gives them subtle hints that this not as all is as it seems. Like with Olivia, where she says that everything started with a little lie, you know, type thing. Where and we all know Olivia pretended to be a foreigner <laughs> just so she could make fun of the other girls. Um. So she could abuse people. So she could abuse people. She's a horrible person. But one thing that I did not know and that he pointed out is that the flower that they are that they have in the opening credits, the the I think it's the lily. Uh-huh. Do you know what one of the meanings of the lily is? What? Deception. <laughs> and it is plastered everywhere in so, the opening credits. So the opening credits, the, the flower meaning is this is a lie. What you're seeing right now is a lie. And there's the main meaning for it. I can't remember what the main meaning for it is, but a secondary meaning for the lily is deception. So (laughs) it's just like, this is false. This is fake. This is not how the show is at all. Just hammering, just silently hammering it into your head that this is not what this show is about. So yeah, anyway, anyway. So yeah, the, the, gosh, Asobi Asobasi was just so good. Uh, (laughs) Okay. All right. Um. So episode two happens. Um. And she takes care of the animator, makes sure the animator rests. The animator's like, "No, I'm not done yet. I'm sure the fever is going to go down in a couple of hours. I'll be able to finish those." She's like, "No, don't you dare! I'll take- we we need you to be well. Yeah, we need you to be well. So uh, I will take these and we'll get them to someone else. Mm-hmm. And so she does that. She takes them and she gets them to someone else. Um, I forget who. Um, but uh. Uh, excuse me um the main but yeah so though i think we should probably just focus on the main plot no, of episode two the, okay um, so the person she takes them to she's, she starts calling around and the person she ultimately takes them to is the guy who is judgmental of the work of the girl who now has a fever the animations director or whatever mm-hmm. yeah and so she starts begging and pleading mm-hmm. with him and offering things to him that she has she's like what can i do for you do you like donuts i don't like sweet things do you like beer i don't like bitter things do you like fame fortune how are you gonna get me those i will get them i will get them for you i don't need them <laughs> Do you want fame, fortune? Like, yeah. How would you even do that? So, and he 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 relents, and he just and he decides to help. Um, yeah. But they, uh, but um, anyway, uh, so she gets that taken care of, and we should probably talk about the main issue with this episode. And this is the first time where we see the voice actors. Mm-hmm. Episode actually starts out. I want yeah. This episode starts out with um, the. Uh, the the three the, the show they are making is a show about three former idols who are breaking back into the business and happen to be magical girls uh or something i think i think there's something going on i thought they had magical powers i don't think they have i don't think they're magical girls i think like i could be wrong i could very well be wrong i don't know i i we see them in their day clothes and then we see them in their idol outfits right so it could just be a typical idol show it could be um, 
But anyway, um, we meet the three girls who are the voice actresses for the three, uh, for the three idols. And uh, the director is trying to do the um, the storyboard for the last episode. Yeah. And the girls come up and they're just like, oh, you're working on the storyboards. How's the show going to end? And he's just like, how do you think it should end? And they're just like, what? Huh? <laughs> but anyways, they then go in and they do voice recording session. And we see them, see them doing giving feedback and doing all the stuff that they do during voice uh, recording sessions and one of the big differences between Japanese voiceover sessions and American voiceover sessions mm-hmm. is that for the majority of um, well I not for American voice acting sessions I mean like I've seen it happen plenty of times in behind the scenes footage for American made shows mm-hmm. but for dubbing a lot of the, a lot of the times they'll have just one actor in that booth right recording the lines right which to me and I'll go ahead and just say this that's one of the reasons that dubbing doesn't work for me as opposed to subtitles right because there's that disconnect between the characters Mm -hmm. whereas in um and i know that's how they do it in movies as well but you know whatever but um for me and going back to konosuba we were talking about earlier Mm -hmm. one of the great things about konosuba is you remember how Cosmo would just say in the background, "Yes, I'm Cosmo." Like whenever they Uh, would just like yes i'm Cosmo," like (laughs) you know just things like that that's improv (laughs) <laughs> some of the funniest stuff in Konosuba is improv you cannot recapture that same charm dubbing over it and that's something they did in the um it's something they actually demonstrated live in episodes of pop mm-hmm. team epic was that they had group sessions mm-hmm. yeah yeah and that's something that they show in the animation mm-hmm. of the show is that they're doing group session recordings mm-hmm. well and they do that with um like futurama did that batman mm-hmm. the animated series did that um where it's group sessions, where everybody's yeah. in the room. Everybody who they can get into the room together is in the room together. Yes. And I remember Mark Hamill would say that when he voiced the Joker, he would always stand up, whereas yeah. everybody else would just keep sitting. Uh-huh. But for him, he just he couldn't help but yeah. get his there, entire body into it. There is a sound mm-hmm. that your body produces when your whole body is moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and voice mm-hmm. actors know this. But anyway... Um, Anyway, uh, so that's what they do. They they do the the group mm-hmm. session where everybody's together to record it. And it looks like they were. Um, uh, it looks like the animation was pretty much half done already, and they had timed out what they were going to do, and so yes. they were synchronizing mm-hmm. to what was already keyframed. Yeah, they're they're syncing that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they knew how much what they knew what was coming, and so they were doing that and getting it ready. Uh-huh. Um, and then when they start watching the um, the final cut. Uh-huh. Um, the director notices that something's off, and he just he just can't put his finger on it. And then he realizes, and it's a very. Well, was it, I thought it was episode three that this happened. Was it episode two that this? Uh... This is a, this is a two episode arc that this happens. In. Right. Because okay. in episode two, that's when they have the brainstorming session and stuff like that. Whereas episode three, um, it's her getting caught up with. Uh, uh, episode three ends. Um, I love how episode three. Ends. Yeah, episode three ends extremely well. Okay. Yeah, it's it's the perfect it, finale to this arc. Let's talk this mm, arc. Yeah. So it's the, it's this arc starts in episode two because I wrote here episode two them getting excited about the characters' favorite food and stuff like that. Right. And that happens when they're trying to redefine the characters and kind of find out who they really are. And um, apparently, but, something our main character uh, Miyamori-san did was she actually did make profiles of each of the characters mm-hmm. with with lots of details of just the little things that have been mentioned in script in mm-hmm, story. Mm-hmm. And it's like. 
oh, so she was part of this school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mentioned but in this episode. Oh, you're right. What happens is that she... Um, so, uh, w- what happens is that um, the director notices that there's this very, very emotional scene where a character who the girls trusted, uh-huh. it's revealed that she is a traitor. Yeah. That she's actually working for the enemy. Yeah. And... Um, there's a reveal that's acted beautifully by the voice actress for this one character, yeah. but the animation just doesn't match it. Yeah, the, and, the the voice acting was too good for the animation mm-hmm. that was there. And, and it took him a while to fi- figure it out. It's like, no, the directing wasn't wrong. Some, it's something else. Mm-hmm. And, he's, he's, and it take, takes a while for the director to put his finger on it because he's not great at communicating his ideas. Mm-hmm. Well, and the other directors are yelling at him and stuff like this because apparently this director, the, the, the lead director, who's a fairly overweight Japanese man, um, he, you know, he apparently has a history of doing this and they're getting frustrated with it. And there's this big argument in the, uh, in the sound editing room mm-hmm. and, um, but the director finally comes to the conclusion that no, this is something that we need to take care of. This is something that we need to fix. And um, Miyamori, she says that well, if we start the recutting process tonight with keyframes, we can get it done in time for the show. For the release. Yeah. For the release. But the, this is mm-hmm. the, what they've established in the show by this point is that this is a weekly release schedule, and mm-hmm. they are crunching. Every minute of every day. Mm-hmm. Well, they they had the goal, and we see this. Uh, I think in this episode, they had the goal where every episode they wanted to have it. They wanted to have the keyframes done two weeks before the episode aired. Right, and that's what their goal was. Episode two, episode one was two weeks out. Episode one was one week out. Episode three was three days out. Yeah. So they're just saying at this rate, what's episode? What's going to happen to episode four? Which of course freaks out Miyamori even more. Um, but anyway. Um, they then have this big meeting that night with all the, with all the lead animators, the directors and things like that. And Miyamori, because it's her episode mm-hmm. pretty much at that point. Um, and, uh, they have this big conversation about, well, what are we going to do? And people are like, wait, what do you mean? What's happening? And then they play it and they're just like, oh, okay, we get, we get what you're talking about. Like the voice acting is just too good for the animation. And so like, but what are we going to do? Is this going to throw things off? You know, they have this big conversation and fine, that's when they start, you know, discussing the girls, discussing... And the, the director's just like, well, here's the thing. I realized during this episode that this girl here knows this person from her past. And so she knew that she was... Uh, she was suspecting. She was suspecting her of betraying them. Um, but, um, but... But she couldn't tell her friends because she didn't have proof. And, and she, she couldn't believe it. And she yet. couldn't believe it until it happened. Um, and so they just... they they took everything they knew about the characters and they just added a bunch of things about the characters and then they were just like, okay, well... And so they gave it to one of the in-house animators mm-hmm. to go ahead and now, do it. Now, was it the gothic Lolita animator that no, did it? No, she so, is... She's, the, she's, she, some, she's the one who fixes it the next day. The next day, but mm-hmm. but they had some some pro animator start sketching up what the, the face would look like. It's like... But so, so, how, so they, there was a big discussion about how we draw this character. Was, how do we keep it Moe? She was their in-house. Yeah. And they want to make sure it's Moe. And she's just like, well, she's the type of person who would just go drinking with you. Is drinking Moe? You know, like if she's holding a bottle of sake, sure, it's Moe, you know, type thing. It's Moe, but she, Moe. <laughs> but she seems like the kind of person who would, like this person, she'd come with you, but she wouldn't drink very much. Whereas her, she would drink, but she'd be out after a couple of drinks. She doesn't, she can't hold her liquor at all, you know, and just, they got yeah. into this huge discussion just to 
discussing these characters about and, character and development and it's a very very important mm-hmm. thing discussion to have and re-falling in love with the girls all over again yes. as we see a visual key like of the girls appear in front of them thanks to Miyamori doing something and the girls like going and like grabbing the hands of the directors and stuff like that a very very silly scene and then um, uh, is it during that scene or just after that scene that the president walks in with a bowl full of well, those octopus the president balls? first walks full walks in with a bowl of candy uh-huh. and then later on during the meeting he has this massive tray of, of those takoyaki, takoyaki of takoyaki yeah. which you can actually try at a local japanese place oh nice yeah they've got them and they're pretty good um, and I, I just remember like he's he's tripped or slips or something well and then somebody grabs it and catches all of them in place well and down on the what table. happens is um he comes back with the all of spider-man he comes back with a takoyaki because they keep sending miyamori to go do things because she's the production assistant she's like okay i'll take care of that and she almost runs into him this next time uh-huh. but then he comes in, the president comes in with the plate of takoyaki, and he hands it off to the Mohawk guy, and the Mohawk guy's like, I'll take that, and he grabs it, but he burns his hands on it, uh-huh. and so he throws it in the air, and it's Goth Lolita who catches the bla- the, the plate, and... Uh, and then and Spider-Man, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man Tobey Trey. Maguire, yeah. Trey catches Which, all of it. <laughs> did you know there was no CG in that scene, or it's all him catching everything? Yes. Yeah, that's nuts. I, I, I know that they they made the the tray sticky for it, but that he had to do that, and they had and I think there were more than just one take. Oh no, it was like, like hundred. It was like one hundred and seventeen, one hundred and thirty something like that. Yeah. It was crazy. Speaking of which, the Spider Man trailer air went to uh, launch today. I saw that one. Yeah, I think this... I think it's a prequel. I think it takes place before the ending credit sequence in that in. Uh, you think so? I think it does. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it takes place after. Like maybe it could be. I don't know. I think I think it just might be what happens to mm-hmm. Spider-Man before. I don't know. Before Infinity be. War. Before Infinity War. Maybe. Like it know. establishes where Nick Cage, where Nick Fury's. I keep saying Nick Cage. I did it to yeah, my no. wife earlier today. Where Nick Fury's been this whole time? Uh huh. Because he's been absent for a few movies. Um. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But at the same time, um, I could very much see it being Nick Fury is trying to reorganize the Avengers after the events of um, after the events of Infinity of uh, of uh, Endgame uh, of Endgame, yeah, of Endgame, mm-hmm. possible. Um, yeah, I don't know. It could fit in either place. Uh, I was talking with our sister about it, and she's like, "Well, it just feels disconjointed. That, like you know, like it doesn't really. Sh- it's not really the story. Doesn't really make sense." And I'm just like, "Well, it's a teaser, first of all. Secondly." For all we know, they can't show a ton of the story at this point because Endgame isn't out yet, and it might no. spoil Endgame. And she's like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense." Yeah. So they're, yeah. So in timeline, it could be a prequel. It could just be something that takes place just before Spider-Man ends up going up with in uh, Infinity War. It could be. It could be. Um, that that's based on what they've shown us. It could be either. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Anyway, uh, going back to the subject at hand, um, again, the president just keeps bringing them food and stuff. That's great. Yep. Um, but they go ahead and uh, the uh, the in-house animator, she works on the keyframes and she works on them all throughout the night. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they are burning the midnight oil at this point, trying to do whatever they can. And Miyamori, uh, she's also worried about episode four because she's still in charge of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but with episode four, um, she... Uh, so, and and it, one of her senpais starts harassing... I don't remember where exactly it happens, but one of her senpais starts harassing her about how she doesn't have every single detail of every he keyframe is, 
memorized at all times. He's the lead assistant. The lead I, assistant. I can't remember what his name is, but he's he's a fairly rotund guy, um, mm-hmm. and he's the lead assistant. He's in charge of all the production assistants. Um, and, and he can be a, and he doesn't realize how overbearing he can sometimes. Yeah, be. because the, another one like a, a a female production assistant with twin tails. Um, slaps him and says, you're freaking her out. Stop being so overbearing. That's one yeah. of your problems, you know? Um, but she says, it's also revealed that one of the key animators for episode four is known for slacking off and doing things at the last minute. Mm. And so they're like, you need to keep calling this guy until he answers. It's like, but it's yeah. it's like two in the morning. Call him. Okay. And if he's awake, he'll answer. If not, he needs to be awake. Right. Type thing. So she just keeps calling him. And she, um, she has another, like, after a lot of people have gone home and she's still bringing in that oil, she's, uh, the Gothelita says, I'll be back at seven in the morning, uh, to go ahead and make the corrections. And then, um, the, uh, the director or the, or one of the directors says, okay, I will go ahead and, uh, I need you to, like, what time can I go home? It's like, well, you can go home after you've done these key frames. Um, he's like, great. Oh, so, and then. He's like, well, I don't really need to be here, but go ahead and call me at 6.30 and make sure that I'm here. It's like, mm-hmm. okay. And I will probably tell you I need another hour. Do not let me have another hour, no matter what I say. Yes. And yes that, that, that's the, uh, mm-hmm. he's the boss. He, he, he's the one who berates the uh, director for all the trouble. Yeah, he's, he's the one. There's... So he, he's a producer who's had uh, mm-hmm. a lot of experience in the industry. Mm-hmm. And so he's... <laughs> Uh, I don't know if he's a producer. I think I think he's one of the episode directors rather than the overall director, the right. guy who's in charge of the entire project. Okay. Um, but uh, because he was one of the ones who was recording, uh, timing the sound for what needs to go where. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he um, because again, he's like, "Was my directing wrong?" Type thing mm-hmm. in the sound booth. He's the one who's yelling at him when he realizes when, when the head director realizes that they need to make adjustments to the episode. Okay. Yeah. Um. But, uh, anyway, um, so she is then listing off all the things that she needs to do and she starts getting a bit more frazzled. Yeah. A bit more frazzled. And then she... And she lies down on her desk and there, and I don't know if they're physically, uh, yeah, they are physically there, the, uh, the doll and the pair. Mm-hmm. She's got, she's got a set of them at are, her are now, desk. Are now sympathizing over her. She's got a set of them at her desk and a set of them at her home. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they're sympathizing over her. And then she wakes up and it's six in the morning. Mm-hmm. And she's like, crap, I fell asleep. I didn't mean to do that. Um, and she, But then, you know, at 6.30 she calls him and he's like, just give me another hour. She's like, nope, you must get up. He's like, well, just 10 more minutes. No, absolutely not. What are you, some kind of a demon? And he says, if you, do, if you are not here, I will forge your signature on the episodes and send them along. You wouldn't dare do that type thing. <laughs> And so, but then he comes in and he does his job, um, and the Lolita shows up after, and the key animator, she's finished mm-hmm. her job, and the Lolita shows up and she's just, she's very properly dressed in her outfit. She's got a quill nub at the end of each of her pencils. Uh-huh. Um, and, and, and as I recall, in this scene, it's really important because um, she invites the other classmate, who's the in-betweener, to mm-hmm. watch what she's doing. Well, she knows she's there when Miyamori doesn't even recognize her. Well, so what happens is that she sa- uh, the Lolita sits down and she puts the green sh- adjustment sheet over uh-huh. the main one. And she just says, um, Yusuhara Emma. And, which is the name of the girl with the twin tails, the one yeah. who's the artist. Um, and then Miyamori jumps and goes, ha! And she jumps to the side and 
and uh, Emma is standing directly behind her. Exactly. So she crept up in absolute silence to see what was going on. Um, and uh, the, but the gothic Lolita was able to sense that she was there. Yeah. And so, and she just makes simple adjustments. She's like, this needs to be corrected, you know? It's like, boom, that's done. Boom, that's done. Boom, that's done, you know, type thing. Yeah. Um, but, and then once that's done, they send it on over to, I think it's coloring next. I think you're right. Yeah. I think they go take it to coloring and then coloring takes it to, which uh, to I, timing, put, I put a note over here. I mm-hmm. put a note in being absolutely loving the fact that I'm seeing Adobe after effects mm-hmm. and other ed- editing suites that I use mm-hmm. at work presently to do my jobs. Like, Oh, I know how to do that. I know what she's doing with that program. Which, again, reminded me of the opening credits of uh, um, my neighbor, uh, Tonari wa Sekikun. Tonari no Sekikun. Tonari no Sekikun? The opening credits is him making the opening credits. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the... Did <laughs> doing, you, doing voice recording and getting it Have you read any of what I sent you, by the way, if you got the chance? I haven't the read it yet, but no, no, no. The, 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 no, I have my not neighbor read, Sekikun, I have the not manga. Read the, I have not read the Master of Killing Time, the manga yet. I need to read that just because I just want to see what the artist does. Just that opening where he's uncovered a secret entrance underneath the carpet on his desk and opens it up and there's a staircase going down into his desk. Into the desk. There's a trap door and the, the girl thing. The girl's just like, she's what? I love her so much. Her reactions are so brilliant. Her reactions is what really sells the humor in that. Uh, but anyway, uh, anyway, um, so um, bit by bit the episode's coming together, but yeah. she's still in charge of episode four as well. Yeah. Um, so she is working on, um, she's working on doing everything they need for episode four. Um, and that's when she just starts getting super frazzled and just like, she's slowly descending into, that's, that's, I guess that's in episode three when that mm-hmm. happens. Where she starts slowly descending to, into madness. Do you remember where episode two ends? No, I thought we talked about the ending of episode two, where that it ended right after they had discussed everybody's uh, characterizations, and somebody had. Is that uh, the end of episode two? I thought it was. It does. I don't. It's remember. It's been a week since I've seen it. I'm sorry. Oh, I watched them all today. I know you did. I haven't yeah. had a chance. Um, but anyway, they. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching the rest of this though. It's a pretty darn good show. It's a it's a it's a fun. It's there's some stressful moments like right here, but mm-hmm. it's still a fun show, especially when you see everything come together. Right. Um. But she. But anyways. Episode three, she's just losing it, um, mm-hmm. and I mean like emotionally, physically. And, and she's she... not the only one. The director mm-hmm. slept under his desk at work, even mm-hmm. though he's told everybody to go home and get re- get rest because sleeping at the office is not good for you. He's sleeping at the office, breaking his own rule, uh-huh. and he's rolling over and having a nightmare. No, no, no more recap episodes. I promise. I promise. I'll never do a recap episode again. I swear. <laughs> And that's the name of the episode is no more recap episodes. Mm-hmm. But anyway, he, uh, anyway, he, um, blah, what am I looking for? What the, what's the phrase I'm looking for? He, so we were talking about the director or for, oh no, uh, she, so or she, she comes in and things for episode two are, are, or episode three are really coming together, but she's also still in charge of episode four. Um, and episode four is very very close to being done uh-huh. but they outsource to uh to another animation company to get some help done with it mm-hmm. um and this other animation company is several hours away mm-hmm. um but it's okay because they use a, an ftp server that they all share and they can just you know upload data to and whatnot right well the ftp server has gone down and not only has it gone down it has fried 
So they say the, the server the, itself the is server's just... The server's down, the backup's down, everything is down. Mm-hmm. And there's no way of getting it back. And there's and, no... no, no mm-hmm. No record of whether mm-hmm. when it's going to be coming up back up again. And she just said, and she just, uh, this has also, you know, I'm pretty sure it's episode two where she finally, or maybe it's episode three, but she's still trying to get in touch with the with the animator who's not picking up his phone. Yeah. Um, she finally gets in touch with him, and he says, "Oh yeah, uh, I'll I'll go like, I'll have those two scenes done before noon. Don't you worry about it. I used to I used to be able to get eight. I I once got eight scenes done in an hour. Like I can do this just fine." And she's like, "Okay, I'll trust you. I'll believe you." And then she goes to the director and just he says, "I don't believe him. He's not going to get it done in an hour." Yeah, no, no, he's not going to get it done by noon. It's not going to happen. Um, and anyway, he uh, turns out he's right uh-huh. because it doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't get it to her until later that night. But anyway, um, she gets a phone call when they're saying, "Okay, well, at least uh, we know that this one animation studio, like Komori Animation or whatever, they're 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 great. They're quality. We can trust them. Everything's going to be fine." Mm-hmm. And then she gets a phone call and says, "Oh, hi." What you you can't access the FTP server? You you're not gonna be able to get it to us. It's not gonna happen. Oh, okay. And then she just gets up and she goes to the uh, the restroom. I want to. No, say. she goes to the kitchen. Huh. And she starts. She starts. Uh, um, that's right. She starts worry washing her coffee mug. She starts worry washing her teacup and just trying to get rid of the tea stains. And she's just over there, just scraping it. And she's talking. the the animal the The animals aren't her dolls aren't even there. But she's talking to herself in the voices of her dolls. And then the other girl assistant comes up and says, "Mia Mori, Mia Mori." She's like she has a weird nickname for her. Uh-huh. It's Mia Mori instead of Mia Mori. Mm-hmm. She's saying it kind of like a cat's meow, Mia Mori. Mm-hmm. Um, but and she sees Mia Mori and she sees that she's just fried. And she's like, "You come over here right now." He's like, oh, okay. And she goes, and they go up to the top. He's like, eat this. They're on the roof. Yeah. Eat this. Okay. It's the Snickers commercial scene. And she tries to <laughs> eat it, but it still has... Take the wrapper off at first. Take the wrapper off at first. Oh, all right. And she starts eating it. It's like, you have to have sugar. You have to eat something. You can't just push yourself until there's nothing left to push. Um... But anyways, uh, they go back down. He's like, "So what's happening?" And so, um, and then he force she they force her to, um, to explain the problem because even if she can't solve it, someone there might be able to. So tell us what's wrong. Yeah, because this is a teamwork effort. It's not just you. Yeah. Don't let everything on your sh- be on your shoulders. And he's like, man. And then the product the head production assistant just says, "Man, episode four is such an important episode. I can't like who gave you." Such an important episode for your very first episode. It was you. Oh, whoops. <laughs> but they, so like one of them just says, "Yeah, the FTP server is complete." Like, like it's affecting production on other episodes. Yeah, other people can't. Nobody can log in. Like, I can't log into the server. Did you change the password? No. And then he, uh, and then someone says, um, "Yeah, like uh, the server is just completely down. It's been down since this morning." I've been trying to call the server place, but nobody's answering. So I'm looking up online to see what, what any information that I can find. And then someone's finally just like, yeah, I was able to get in touch with someone there. Uh, the thing's fried. Like it's, it's just, it's, there's, there's nothing there. And then while all of this is happening, we see, and she's one of my favorite characters. Uh, I can't remember cool her as name a is, cucumber. But she, they've had a couple of meeting, early morning meetings where she's just like, 
uh, she's the last person to speak because she's the general manager over all the workers. And she just says, uh, and she'll just, and she's just, she picks up the, and they, they show a scene of her picking up the phone, hitting an auto dial button and just very calmly having a conversation over the phone. And everyone else is kind of freaking out. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And she's saying, oh, yes, this is so-and-so from so-and-so. I'm calling about the information for episode four. I'm hoping, like, it's we, you can't upload it to a server, so I'm wondering if you still have it on a hard drive. Yeah. You know? And it's like, because, oh, oh, you do? It's still on a hard drive? Great. Can we come pick it up? Oh, you're going to send someone up to come bring it to us? That's great news. When, when, when will they be here? When will they be here? In two hours? In two and a half hours? Fantastic. Okay. Fa fantastic. Thank you. Yes. And click. And it's just it's like, okay, everybody, they're gonna the president of that animation studio is gonna be delivering it on a hard drive to us. It's gonna be here in about two and a half hours. And they're just like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah no, and she's, she's just a miracle worker. She's incredible. She solved the problem. Mm -hmm. And once that's been solved, um, me and Morty's just like, oh crap, I've got to go go to the cutting for episode nine. And then the other girl grabs her and says, you cannot leave right now. You are the person who knows the most about episode four we need you to be here mm. he's like, well, what about episode nine and the 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 general manager again says don't worry about it i'll take care of it and everyone's like wait what you like no you it's like are, are, are you back to being a pa for that's, us that's that's oh that's overtime though are you okay with that she, it's fine it's just a one-time thing you should come you should go back into the field nope this is a one-time thing <laughs> and then they so, so it's clear that she's the best of them but she's moved on to doing other things. She's moved on to doing other things. But she goes to uh, she goes to uh, the cutting studio, and there's people there trying to give her tea and whatnot. And she's like, "No, I'm fine. Whatever." She's just she's just as cool as a cucumber. Just an amazing, hardworking woman knows exactly what she's doing, mm. um, and no one can tell her otherwise. Um, but anyway, she. Uh, but anyways, so things are progressing again with episode four. Uh, with episode four. Uh, the president of the company drops of uh, the animation studio, brings the hard drive, and he's greeted by the president of this studio who gives him the quiche and says, this is in thanks for what you brought us last time or whatever type thing. So it seems like they just have, the two studios have a really good relationship. Um, she then goes and she gets the the frames for episode, uh, for the episode uh, from, from the, um, shoot, uh, from the guy she was trying to get in touch with. Mm -hmm. Um, and she didn't get them till like after the sun went down. So like in Japan, that's around five o'clock mm. when the sun goes down five, six o'clock. Um, there's a kitty. There's a kitty nearby. Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, anyway, um, the, uh, so I'm trying to remember if there's anything else that happens other than, you know, the director's watching the final cut for episode four. Uh, episode three mm -hmm. and he's just in tears about it um yeah. and then they get the phone call and just like hey everybody can go home now their episode three is great they're shipping it now so and so and so then the girls are in the conference room and watching episode three air live mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it comes to the scene that they've been talking oh, about the real fast they've been working on the whole time real fast the girl with the pigtails yes. uh, once again uh, emma she's on the phone with the redhead the girl who wants to be the voice actress and they're uh -huh. just kind of chatting back and forth and they're planning on one of the it's just they're planning their monthly get together i just wanted to say that mm -hmm. um but anyway yeah and then it's emma and miyamori uh, uh -huh. watching that scene together now previously the scene was a close-up shot of the dits of the trio uh, of these girls in their anime that they're working on. And she's 
got this adorable face and she starts crying. But as we've been saying, the acting in the animation doesn't match the quality of the acting in the video, in the audio, in the voice acting. The voice work is just too good for it. Mm -hmm. And then when they have the video again, when they have the, the last shot of this episode is watching the new animation that we haven't seen a single, we've seen nothing about what this animation is, what they, we've just seen everybody else saying, yes, this is better. Yes, let's do this. We've seen everybody else's reaction to it, and we finally get to see it ourselves. And that is the last shot of episode three. And it's really good. It's it is really, really good. Perfect. Mm -hmm. It is the exact right expression. I mean, mm -hmm. one of the things about Moe as a concept is it, it is a level of adorableness that gives you the need to protect it. Mm -hmm. And what they've done with her character is they've demonstrated this character who is Moe losing her adorableness to this ugly cry that makes you feel for her so hard mm -hmm. in this in this one moment. It is, I mean, mm -hmm. anybody who has experience with the concept of Moe understands that if you've seen somebody lose the smile that you've wanted to protect, mm -hmm. what that does to your mm -hmm. heart... That's what they did in this scene, and mm -hmm. it was perfect, for, especially with the voice acting. Okay. Well, that's the first three episodes. It um, is. What are your final thoughts on it? I can't wait to watch more of it. I wish I, I wish I would have watched more of it during the week. I wish I had watched the first three episodes again during the mm -hmm. week so I'd have more to talk about. But um, I'm going to finish this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find time to watch this and finish it. Cool. It's good. I enjoyed it. I don't think I'm going to sit down and watch through it again just because I have so many other things to watch. Sure. Um, but it's an enjoyable show. I highly recommend people watch it who haven't seen it yet. Okay. Uh, so that's it for that episode. For the, that show. Uh, next week, we're going to go ahead and watch Karakai Jozu no Tagaisan. Now, um, I swear I'm going to tease and embarrass Tagaisan today. Nishikata, a middle schooler, keeps getting teased by the girl who sits next to him in class, Tagaisan. He tries every day to get back to her, but will he ever succeed? Takagi-san Takagi Takagi and Nichikata's youthful teasing battle starts now. Now, there. Um, when I first discovered um, Miss Komi-san, or uh, Komi-san Can't Communicate, uh -huh. um, which is probably one of my favorite manga right now. It's I just really need so, to start reading that. It's so adorable. It's so cute. Okay, so in the latest chapter that just happened today, they get together at a friend's house to have a sleepover and watch horror movies, okay? And Komi-san and Tadano-kun, and Tadano-kun's the main character, they're sitting next to each other, um, and everybody, it's getting to this super intense part in in the movie. And Tadano-kun feels something on his arm, and he looks down, and he sees Komi looking down super scared and she's grabbed his shirt for comfort and then the next scene it shows this horror this scary terrifying face on the screen and uh it show the next one uh, and then right below that it shows everybody screaming but everybody's faces are look it's like it's like their faces drawn over the outside of the house type thing. Uh -huh. And everybody's faces are looking one way and screaming, except for Tadano, who's looking the other way and screaming. And it said, only Tadano screamed for a different reason. 
one reason to choose Scream 4. No, no, no. Todd knows the boy. He, oh. Yeah. He's the one who got his... Because uh, he and Comey are in love uh, with each other at this point, but they're two... But they're two teenagers who cannot who cannot communicate their feelings communicate their feelings for each other wow it's adorable um but yeah so his, his scream was freaking out that komi-san is coming to him for comfort um yeah uh anyway that's a that's a little bit uh, uh-huh. of so, a tangent uh-huh. but i saw this image that was um gauging the um the sanctity uh, and the, the wholesomeness of three manga girls that I had never seen before. And one was, uh, like, the most pure was, um, was Komi-san. Uh-huh. The most evil is another manga that I've been reading where there's this girl who's a freshman who can't help but tease um, her senpai, who is an artist, and he draws manga, and he hangs out in the art room a lot. Um, and it's... It's another romantic comedy where it's very obvious that those two enjoy each other. They mm-hmm. like each other. But their relationship is such to where he thinks, she thinks it's gross that he would like her. And she's so sundere that she doesn't realize that she likes him. Okay? <laughs> or she know, she knows she likes him, but she cannot process it. So her pro- her way of processing it is teasing him. Okay? And in the webcomic, she was absolutely... In the webcomic, she apparently she was absolutely evil. She was just terrible. Whereas, um, in the com- in the manga, um, because a lot of times things will change when they go from sure. webcomic to manga. Um, she uh, she she still teases him relentlessly, but it's much more she's trying to hide her feelings for him rather than she's just evil. Mm. Um, and then in the middle was another girl I had never seen before. And she's the girl from this manga slash anime. Okay. Okay. So that's why I picked this. Okay. Because of that image that I saw because a while it's ago. In be- it's in between the nicest girl and the most evil girl. The nicest girl and the most evil girl. So. Okay. Um, I am really looking forward to watching this. I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Okay. Um, and I am going to be traveling next week. So we may not be able to record next week just for listeners mm-hmm. um but uh there's i'm i should be back fairly early on wednesday but then again i'm you know i'm just gonna be i'm gonna be coming back from a flight so i don't know if i'll have the energy to record okay we're just gonna play it by ear next week uh, okay will. all right so that's it for three episodes in now it's time for the recommendation of the week this week it's my turn and this week i'm recommending recommending a classic anime Durarara. Now, is a uh, Japanese onomatopoeia for a revving of a motor. <laughs> so technically, the main the title character of the uh, show is Celty's bicycle, motorcycle, um, or the noise that her motorcycle makes. Yes. So, mm-hmm. so Celty is a beautiful. Uh, Dullahan. And we've met uh, a Dullahan. Yeah, Dullahan. Mm-hmm. And we've met a Dullahan in uh, Konosuba before. Where they're a they're a spirit of... Um, they're a, a fallen a, knight. A, a fallen warrior. Mm-hmm. They're, they're of Irish origin, mm-hmm. but it's the headless horseman type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they have a person whose head is... Who's holding their head. Um, 
There's one in another show called uh, Interview with Monster Girls. Mm-hmm. And so there's a girl... Which is another manga that I've added to my list to read, because I hear it's adorable. It is adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's... Um, and then there's Selty, who uh, runs rides around with a motorcycle and communicates with uh, text messages on her phone. She just types out what she's trying to say and then holds up yeah, a pager she, to Yeah, Selty's show. great. Yeah, and, because and she so has no mouth. So she's, mm-hmm. she's kind of the main character of the show. Everybody, everybody in the show has some tie to her in some way. She's not necessarily the main character... But she's kind of a thread that ties everybody else yeah, together. Yeah, she's she's definitely. I don't want to. Say, I don't even know if I want to say the main POV character because the no. show's told from multiple perspectives. It is. Um, but she is definitely the thread that ties everything together. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and so there's just people have legends about her and things like that. So all of this takes place in a prefecture. I want to say is the uh, name for it. Ikebukuro. Ikebukuro is uh, the not, name of it. No, Ikebukuro is a, a city. Is a town in Tokyo. The town in Tokyo. Mm, it's like how there's New York City and New York City's broken up into in, in, into the Bronx, the Bronx, and Manhattan, Manhattan, things like that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. It's exactly that. Yeah, so, it's, so a mm-hmm, yeah. So a sub city of Tokyo, mm-hmm. uh, Ikebukuro, mm-hmm. is um, the setting of our uh, of Durarara. The and it takes. I'm getting to that. I'm sorry. And so, uh, God. So, hey, you've stolen my thunder plenty of times. Uh, <laughs> okay. So in this show, uh, the there are multiple characters. There are dozens of unique characters that all interact with each other in different ways throughout the show, and it's really fun to see them come together and mm-hmm. different things happening. One of the characters is a blonde man dressed as a waiter at all times in, the, in kind of a waiter's tuxedo who, in the opening credits of the show, lifts a vending machine that is bolted to the ground, a mailbox or a vending machine that's bolted into the ground, rips it and the cement that it's bolted to out of the ground and throws it at some other guy. This guy is given the greatest nickname in all of anime. They call him the Fortissimo of Ikibukuro. And for those of you who don't know music, Fortissimo is a marking and mu- sheet music that is two Fs. And it is... Uh, in music, you have forte meaning strong mm-hmm. or piano meaning soft. And depending mm-hmm. on how loud or soft you think that you say it, Fortissimo means very strong or strongest. Mm-hmm. So literally... His nickname means the strongest in Ikibukuro, but they just call him the Fortissimo of now, Ikibukuro, in, and it's in, fantastic. They don't actually call him Fortissimo in Japanese. That's just how it's translated in the subtitles. I think, I think they just call him uh, Ikebukuro no Saikyo, which means like the strongest of Ikebukuro. Yeah. But it's like I will admit the subtitle is a great subtitle. Yeah. So it's just fantastic. Mm-hmm. So props to whoever got to write that out. Mm-hmm. 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 So, but no, it's a great show. A lot of interesting characters. Um, uh, sometimes it can be hard to follow. There is a subplot in this show that is absolutely brilliant. One guy decides he doesn't like another guy. And so what he does is he founds a street gang that he's secretly the leader of. And then he founds a rival street gang that he's secretly the leader of. And then he frames the guy he doesn't like as the leader of both of these street gangs. And so both street gangs end up targeting him. Because he doesn't like this guy. Mm-hmm. It is... 
it is a show that requires your attention. Yes. Don't There's watch lot... this. Do not watch this casually. Yeah, this is a. It is an intense focus show. It's got a lot of pieces going on. Um, it's a bit like Memento in that way. You can't watch it casually. You've got to be paying mm-hmm. attention. Mm-hmm. So, again, highly recommend it. Go watch it. Both yep. seasons. It is wonderful. Okay, if that's it for a recommendation of the week, it's creator shout-out time, and it's my turn to do it. And this week, I pick Black Magic Craft. I discovered them on YouTube, and they've I've got all their links here to Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and other things. But Black Magic Craft is a... Um, he is a um, shoot. Well, he is a miniature and uh, model uh, maker mm-hmm. uh, for Dungeons and Dragons. He makes okay. all his own stuff. And the very first episode I saw of his was him taking a cheap little dragon from a and like about you know about six inches long or so. Sure. Um, a dragon toy from the dollar store and repainting it so he could use it as a green dragon in the Dungeons and Dragons game. Okay. And what he did, he took it and he, and he just kind of, and his goal at that one in that episode was to use only materials he had on hand. He couldn't go buy anything else. So he went and the first thing he did was he cleaned it because sometimes there's a residue of mold, like a slight mold residue mm-hmm. um, on the toys that you get from cheap places like uh, like the dollar store and whatnot. And he just wanted to get that off. And that mold, it's not really toxic, but it will it will interfere with with painting it. Sure. Um, so he cleaned it off and then he put it back together and he got it into the pose that he wanted it in. And he used... Uh, his own concoction of super glue and baking soda, which makes a super fast, super strong plastic seal. Mm. So he got the arms in the position he wanted them in, and then he just used this. He put in super glue, uh, um, and uh, and baking soda, and it just makes a super fast, super strong seal. Um, and uh, he uh, after he got it in the position he wanted it in, he just gave it a quick. Uh, he gave it. Um, uh, he he has his own homemade um oh shoot um a foundation base mm-hmm. um and then he painted it all in black and then he painted it in green and just did like a a simple wash on it and made a really really cool looking green dragon for D and D super cheap. Um, I have also seen him make a hag's hut out of some foam and another episode uh, he decided that he had heard that it's a pretty good material to use. Uh, for bricks and whatnot, so he decided to go ahead and test egg carton, and he found that. And if you you know how egg carton, one side is generally fairly rough looking. Uh-huh. Well, he just cut it up and cut it into little pieces, and he glued it, those pieces around a um, uh, a toilet paper roll. Yeah, and then he just painted it with uh, with the. Um, I forget what it's called, but it's what you it's what you put on first in order to have the paint actually bind. primer. Primer, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he used his homemade primer to paint it black and get it all there in the notches. And he just showed that, and he just he just showed like after a single single coat of paint, how good this material was for making bricks. He's like, this is incredible. Holy cow! And yeah, so he's just this incredible um, uh, creative guy that uh, focuses on making miniatures and things like that. And I've thoroughly enjoyed his content, and I wanted to go ahead and give him a shout-out. Fantastic. So, all right, once again, that is Black Magic Craft. All right. 
So come to WhitakerWeekly.com and we will link out to him. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so uh, thanks so much for listening in this week. If you listen in on YouTube, please feel free to like this episode and subscribe to our channel. If you like what we do and want to support us, please spread the word of our podcast or even support us on Patreon. Uh, where can they find us on social media? Our site, WhitakerWeekly.com, currently has links to our Facebook page, Twitter account, Patreon page, and YouTube channel. We encourage all our listeners to follow us on the social media platform of their preference. And if there's one we're not on yet, please reach out to us on one of the ones we've mentioned, and we'll broaden our scope to include you. All right. Well, I want to give a shout out to Ben Coombs for providing the artwork for our website and podcast. And a shout out to Brasmataz for their music, Dreikloch, which we use for our opening and closing pieces. All right. Well, that's it for this week. I've been Andrew. I've been Lee. And this has been Whitaker Weekly. You guys have a great week.